Welcome to Lockdown Caps. My name is Nikki. I am your host. The show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. It is the Tuesday after our Memorial Day weekend, and oh my gosh, we have a ton to talk about. We finally have hockey news. Hockey is returning. I know it seemed like it would never happen. I don't know if I thought that it would happen, but here we are. Uh, Batman gave a press conference this afternoon kind of outlining how hockey will return. Um, nothing was stated, uh, was nothing was guaranteed, but it looks like by mid-July we will get a return to the playoffs. Um, I'm kind of quickly going to go over a few things that were discussed. So we will not see any hockey before July. And when we do see hockey, it will be in two hub cities, one in the east, one in the west, which is pretty interesting. Um, Training camps will begin formally at the beginning of July. Players will be able to return to practice depending on the rules and regulations of their city in June. It was also announced that the NHL regular season was presumed done. So NHL awards can be awarded for the Capitals. Ovechkin is going to be sharing that Rocket Richard trophy with Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. Ovi had 48 goals, just too shy of 50, which is so disappointing. Uh, And then John Carlson is pretty much a shoo-in for the Norris with 75 points. Um, I don't think anyone was even close to him. So look for that to be awarded to him. But With all of that being said, today I'm joined by a very special guest, Christy Flannery. She runs Instaloto's blog, and she also works for Pucker Up Sports. So Christy, thank you so much for popping on. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Um, So how do you feel first and foremost about the plans that were laid out about this return to play uh, format? Well, I feel like it's one of those situations that you can't please everybody. Um, People are going to have strong opinions, either have wanting it to come back or not wanting it to come back. I'm interested to kind of see how everything's going to go. Um, If this is going to be kind of like 2012, where like an eighth seed or a 12th seed is going to end up taking the whole thing. There's a lot of factors that are going to come into kind of how the teams perform from July until the cup is raised. I think that there's... It's also so weird to think that it's going to be almost four months that have gone between hockey stopping and now like this playoffs starting. So we really like there's no shoe in for who we think is, you know, going to win. I think it's kind of interesting because kind of like you said, it could be a total underdog or it's going to be a cup that's rewarded on purely talent. And I feel like I've gone back and forth in my own head thinking like, okay, no, whoever's the most talented is going to win this year. And then I'm like, well, who knows? An underdog team could totally come out and just go all the way. I think it depends on if a goalie gets really hot too, which is kind of like every year in hockey. Um, But a well-rested goalie can be really dangerous. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I don't really think anyone could have predicted this. Um, And the format, like you stated, no one's going to be happy. Not everyone is going to be happy. Um, I'm still conflicted with how I feel. And obviously, I love hockey and I'm excited to see it back. But um, I want the safety and the well-being of the players to come first. So it's just been a whirlwind of news today. 
Yeah, it's I for me the big factors are absolutely the goalie. The goalie's always the biggest factor, I think, especially how they, you know, when they get hot and everything like that. I think maybe the age of the roster and how well the players can actually bounce back depending on how hard they trained in these past couple months does the is you know, is this a big time for the goal, for the uh, coach to stand out? You know, this is when you have like Barry Trotz, you have the Quentinvilles that really can separate themselves. Because yeah. you would think John Hines and um, Pete DeBoer just going to their new teams, you know, are they at a disadvantage that Hines only coached 30 games with Nashville? That's a great point. That's not something that I haven't even thought about is that, you know, they're not going to have that chemistry. And especially after this long break, I mean, it's already hard to get chemistry when you go in as a new coach. Um, but I think it's so difficult because they haven't planned for, for this. <laughs> no one has planned for this, but when you're a team that, um, you know, has a little bit of tenure with your coach or a coach that is really respected and, you know, well-loved, I think that the players are more adaptable, but with those new coaches on teams that they might not be so comfortable with, that could be a huge disadvantage. And I think that, yeah. And then you have St. Louis where, you know, their coach went in in January and turned the entire team around. So you really have no idea how this is going to go. And it does add that level of excitement that we usually don't have for the playoffs. Cause you're pretty much besides 2012 with LA, you know, being the eighth seed, you pretty much have a general idea going in, like who the top four teams are going to be. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, the skill really does play into it. Age plays a huge factor. Also these older teams that age might hinder if they're going right into the playoffs, like in a regular season, those players are rested. I mean, now we're getting a super well-rested Alex Ovechkin. We're getting a very rested Sidney Crosby. We're getting older players in the league who have had nothing but time to rest up, eat healthy, be in the best shapes of their lives. They're not battling any injuries that may be crippling them usually. So I think that we could also see some of the best playoff hockey because these players are going to be in the best playoff shape of their lives. Um, I mean, you could argue that they're not as well-trained because they've had time off, but these are professional athletes. They've been working out at home and it does seem like by the plan that was put in place, they're going to have at least a month to a month and a half of professional training that will whip them right into shape. Um, I don't think that'll necessarily be an issue. So we could see some really aggressive, great hockey. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, because it's always different. I mean, San Jose's out, but it would be different to see, you know, how a Joe Thornton would be able to bounce back versus like a Quinn Hughes. It, you know, it, for me, it would just be kind of interesting to see. It isn't, I can't believe this is like, we're not going to have any California t- hockey this year. Very That's interesting. Crazy. That's crazy to me. That was something I actually wanted to bring up as well. Um, as I was publishing like some live tweets on Pucker Up, I saw that, yeah, no. California team, which is super weird because I feel like for me, I'm 25. I feel like for a majority of my life in recent times, one California team has been decent. And of course, we went through with a phase where the Kings were just absolutely dominant. So for no California teams to be involved, that's interesting. It's also interesting because it kind of, you could say, would a hub city in California be better then because no team would have like home advantage or would it be worse you're saying I don't want to go to California at all kind of it brings up an interesting topic and it's weird to see a western conference with no California when arguably California is what everyone thinks of when you think of the west coast 
Well, especially when you have San Jose who's spending so much money on their players. My God. And at the looks of it has a really talented team. They just got horrible luck this year. Yeah, they were injury prone. And honestly, they need a better goalie. They need more consistency. I would have loved to see Lundqvist get traded to them. Yeah, that's a that's another interesting. <laughs> that's like a a very hot take. I think it. That's a whole other. I feel like we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. Oh thing. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I was reading an article and they were saying how the biggest surprises of the six teams that are not or seven teams that are not in the uh, in the playoffs. And everyone said it was San Jose and New Jersey. Now, as a New Jersey fan, I don't know why it's a surprise <laughs> when you look at their defense, but. To not see California represented is, it's a surprise. Yeah. And I think that going back to what you said about New Jersey, I think going into the season, people have high expectations for the Devils. Maybe people that aren't necessarily the Devils and don't know like the big in and outs. Um, But I think that they have a lot of young talent and I don't necessarily think people expect them to do as poorly as they did this season. Um, But I think that if you've watched any hockey this year, I don't know why they'd be surprised to see that the Devils have not made it, even in this 24-team format. No, no. there's there, Even if they made it, they would be out so quick. Yeah. The, the defense <laughs> yeah, isn't there, you know. P.K. Subban was not the answer to the Devils' defensive woes. He just wasn't. So, and they overpaid for it, and, you know, this is, this is, this is the result. Um. Now, something else that I wanted to talk about, a little bit of kind of a controversial question, but if you were in the role of Gary Bettman and you had to make the choice of to resume the season or to not resume it, what would you choose and why, um, you know, taking into consideration player safety and, you know, all things along those lines? Um, you know, it's a really hard decision. I'm glad I didn't, I didn't have to make the decision. Um, Cause I see both sides of it. And as much as I do lo- live and breathe hockey, I probably would have just ended the season and just been re I would restart just for regular, you know, preseason in September, you know, next season opening um, in October. I, I wouldn't have pushed it. I think that I agree with you. So I'm really worried about their safety. I'm really worried about, how quickly that disease can spread in locker rooms in general, especially something that's as contagious as Corona. And I don't necessarily know if players are going to just eagerly follow all of these rules. I also think it's a little unfair to ask grown men to just kind of quarantine themselves in one city in hotel rooms. I think it's a little bit of a recipe for disaster. So I do hope that the NHL implements some plans into keeping their players safe NHL players are not notorious for making the best decisions for their physical health. Um, Players have played through some insane injuries for the love of the game and as they chase the cup. So I don't think that, you know, using the honor system and just thinking that the players are going to be honest with their symptoms or how they're feeling will work. I think they're going to have to enforce a little bit more aggressive rules there. Um, And I kind of hope that they do because I think that's for the well-being of everyone because you have to think about like all of the staff and the coaching staff and any media and and things like that. So I I like what you said that you didn't have to make the choice. I'm so glad I didn't either because really no one's going to be happy. There's always going to be someone upset and it's a lot of risk, I think, 
um, you know, high reward, high risk. So it's, it's crazy. And it does play in so much to next season, which is a bummer for me. I know that Batman's today said that he wants next season to resume as normal, but I don't know how that's possible when this season's playoffs look to start like mid July. I don't know how he expects next year to go on as planned. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to uh, to watch. Definitely. Um, now we talked a little bit about hub cities, so I wanted to go through the hub city possibilities and then kind of get your thoughts and my thoughts on where we would choose to have the hub cities um, be. So right now they're looking at Chicago, Columbus, Dallas. Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. So right off the bat, I'm going to say that I don't think that any of the hub cities should be in Canada. Um, And if they are going to be in Canada, both need to be in Canada. Um, Yeah, I agree. It can't be one and the other. No, it's just there's too much travel involved. With the travel bans going on and the quarantine that is required for 14 days when you go from city to city, I just, I don't see how that would work. Um, But if it does, then it just needs to stay in Canada. I kind of have a feeling that it is going to be in the U.S. I don't know why. I just, that's my gut. Um, I think if I had to choose, I do really like Chicago as a hub city. I think that one thing when you look at the safety of players is that Chicago, while it is a major city, it's in the Midwest and it's not close to a lot of other heavily packed areas. And I think they seem to have a pretty good hold on the virus right now. Um, I'm also biased. I love the city of Chicago. <laughs> I lived there for two years. So I think that would be kind of a fun city for the players. Those summers there are beautiful. Weather is perfect. Um, they have, you know, the lakes out there, and the beaches. So I think that that would be a good place. I also really like Los Angeles for some of the same reasons. I like the warm weather. I think that'd be good for the players' mental health. Um, I think that it's kind of interesting that there would be no LA team. So it's a good neutral ground. Um, some city, I mean, Vegas, I think would be great too, because of all the hotels. I think Vegas might come out as a front runner because they have so much hotel room capacity and they kind of just put players along the strip. Um, that could be something that could work really well. But what about you? What are some of your takes on those cities? I think Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas is a good choice for what you said. My immediate reaction actually went to the market teams that are kind of like less populated. So my initial thought was actually Columbus and St. Paul. Okay. Yeah, I went completely opposite. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking just smaller markets, a little bit smaller cities. Yeah. Um, something that's not as populated as California, as you know, LA or Chicago. Um yeah, that was kind of my initial thought. I didn't really look too much into it, but those were the two that popped up for me. I don't know why for myself I was so surprised that it's only the two hub cities. I don't know why I thought that it would be a little bit more. Um, I mean, obviously it's the safest ideas to have too, because also you don't want to bring a bunch of athletes into a city and then like completely pack their hospitals. God forbid there was an outbreak, but, um, I don't know. I was a little surprised and I was a little, there was a few cities that kind of surprised me there. I think Pittsburgh is a weird one. Um, I think that Pittsburgh, 
<laughs> it doesn't really yeah, fit. Yeah. I see. I feel like there's certain cities and just franchises that the NHL just gravitates to. Yeah. Like LA being one, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Chicago, like those all kind of make sense to me. The odd ones that I thought they picked were Columbus, Dallas, and Minneapolis, St. Paul. Those were yeah. the ones I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think Dallas was super weird. I think that Dallas is too hot in the summer. Um, I don't, I think that will be one of the first ones to kind of go out the window. But I know that a lot of these cities are petitioning for um, to be hub cities. And I know that they're kind of, some of them have talked about setting up like outdoor screens and stuff like that. Obviously, we don't know what could happen until um, these cities go into different phases. But I guess that's something that we'll have to wait and see. It'll definitely be interesting that there'll be playoffs with no fans. And I'm curious of how each, um, team and organization, what they're going to do to get fans involved. Um, I know here in Washington, D.C., for us Capitals fans, D.C. is set to go into phase one this Friday. And with that, we are allowed um, outdoor seating for bars and restaurants. So I wonder if some bars and restaurants will do like mini outdoor watch parties. Um, obviously, won't be able to have too many people, but I'm sure that they'll be playing the games on the screen and I kind of, you know, getting people involved in that way. But each city is just so different and uh, their, you know, plans to return to a new normal are so different across the board. So that'll be interesting to see how each team kind of gets their fans involved. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's going to just be weird to when a goal is scored, there's not going to be like the hockey hugs, there's not going to be like the high fives at the end of a series. Are they going to do the handshake? I mean, that's that's notorious for like Stanley Cup hockey is at the end of the series, you guys, you know, they shake hands and they're probably not going to do it this year. No, and there's so much that's involved in hockey. Hockey is such a physical game and I like the physicality of hockey. That's what makes it my favorite sport. And there's so much more that goes into that physicality than just fighting. You know what I mean? It's There's so much, and it's it's just an aggressive sport. And I don't really know how it will be played if they follow some of the new rules that I've seen, you know, where they're trying to, like, eliminate most physical contact and, and touching. I think it's a little bit weird. Um, that's also kind of what played into me not really wanting hockey to come back that much this summer because I'm like, it's not the hockey that I know and love. Right. Um, but – hey, this is what we have. I guess we'll take it. Um, and we'll see what happens over the next few months. Okay, over okay. the next couple of weeks, we'll really get a lot more information. Um, so we're just going to have to wait for that. I know Betwin said, you know, between three to four weeks, we can expect an announcement on the Hub City. So I'm looking forward to that, but I'm excited that we finally have some news coming out and some news to give everyone regarding hockey. I know today was an exciting day for a lot of people to kind of hear about how hockey is going to come back. Um, The next topic that I wanted to talk about while I had Christy on is that Christy, um, I know you've had a lot of experiences as a woman in sports, and as a lot of my listeners know, that's something that I talk about a lot on the show, and that's like very near and dear to my heart. So how did you come up with the idea for Skating in Stilettos, and what are some of your experiences, and just kind of a little bit more of like your past and history? It's right probably since elementary school. Um, I actually did not get into sports until college, which was many, many years ago. <laughs> and I was a, uh, I had a journalism degree 
And when I was in school, I covered uh, my college hockey team. And I went to a very small school. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was covering like Boston University or anything like that. Um, but from there, I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted, you know, this niche that I can kind of just work towards like a passion project. And basically, I kind of just created Skating in Stilettos a long time ago, but I never really knew what it, I wanted it to be. So it was evolving. And I'm happy with half of my right now, which is more like things that I want to know. Like if I go to a different city, like city, I want to know kind of like what's around the arena, hotels, things like that. Um, I do love like the fashion of the game. I get way too dressed up for hockey games. I wear stilettos all the time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just like to kind of share that stuff. I like to, I like to keep up with the news. I like to do predictions. I like to like, it's just it's all consistent for me. I think that's really interesting because I know that there are a ton of hockey publications and there are a ton of blogs out there, but it's interesting to get a new niche involved and, you know, to really cover, like you were saying, what's around that arena or like in-game fashion and things like that. I think that's really interesting. And it's really interesting for me as someone who's traveled and gone to games kind of all over North America is that each city is so different and it has such a different fan base and such different like fashion and restaurants. And when I went down to Tampa, it, what was interesting to me is that I went for a playoff game. And even after the game ended, like there weren't really like a lot of bars around like celebrating. We're like in DC, even after a regular season game, like there are probably 10 bars within walking distance that there are tons of fans at. Like, I mean, you literally don't see anyone but people in Caps jerseys. So yeah. That's interesting. I feel like each city is just so different. Yeah. And there's just certain, like, um, for me, like, Prudential Center is obviously my home arena. And I saw a bunch of Blues fans come up for a game. And they were so friendly, so nice. Like, you know, Midwestern. And they were expecting to go, like, down the street to a bar after the game and a bunch of us turned around and they're like no 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 like you don't go to a bar here like you go to Hoboken or you go to Jersey City but you leave once the game is over like you don't go <laughs> stick around here yeah and it's just things that people just wouldn't know especially if your home arena is Bridgestone Arena where you walk out and you're on Broadway yeah <laughs> there's yeah. just certain things that you just don't know or you know more cities are more expensive I went to Boston in December and I wrote on my website you know Boston's an expensive trip <laughs> It's, you know, it's a great city. It would be great to go in October, November, but it's, you know, you got to save your money. It's going to be an expensive trip. Yeah. I was in Boston this past winter as well for Caps Bees and it was an amazing experience, but yeah, you're right. It's expensive. Um, I think for me, the Bruins and the Capitals experience is very similar because they're both kind of in the city, not necessarily like right downtown, but in a populated part of the city and you can leave and there's tons of places to eat and tons of places to post game and pregame drink. Um, which is kind of what I like when I go to a game. I love that atmosphere before and after. Um, but it's, it is weird that in some places it's just so different. You're not going to get that even in Chicago In Chicago, like, obviously it's a huge city, a huge hockey city, but there's nowhere, like there's one or two bars that you could kind of go to, but I mean, you hop in an Uber or you walk a little while to go to a bar, like you're not going to one right outside of uh, Union Center. So it's, United Center. My goodness. Gosh, my brain is, is <laughs> immersed lately. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's so different there. And that was something that I had to get used to. Um, even so I grew up like outside of Philadelphia and going to Flyers games. And 
there was nothing there until they got, you know, Xfinity Live. And now at least there's something. It's not the best bar in the world, but it's, you know, somewhere to go in and to kind of just meet up with like-minded, like-minded fans, which I think is really fun. Yeah, I went to Philadelphia for the first time last March, like, like last season. Um, and I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. The fans are not as They're not mean. bad. No. <laughs> They get they have a bad reputation, but I said I've been to Devils games where the Devils fans were by far worse. There's also think if you're used to like obviously you being from New Jersey, like you're used to what people are like in that region of the country. I think people kind of come from other parts of the US and they come to Philly and they're like, oh my gosh, like you're so aggressive, but I'm like, that's just like how they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um but but yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Each city is so different. Each fan base is really different. So I like that that's kind of the focus that you've talked about um, and covered. I think that's really unique. And that's something that a lot of people don't really talk about when they're doing hockey coverage. And I think that there is so much room for hockey coverage outside of just, you know, the basic of the pregames and the postgames and, uh, you know, stuff like that. There's a whole hockey culture that needs to be covered. And I think that it's awesome that people are starting to kind of do that. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, when you talk about, like, so many years ago, like, people like Perez Hilton didn't exist. Like, Perez Hilton was who he was because he was, like, kind of the first person to just say, all right, I'm going to create a website, and I'm just going to go. And, you know, for that time, not everybody could do it. Now, everybody can do that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many, even if you're on Instagram pages, there's so many pages that share the exact same news with the exact same wording. And, you know, yes, there are facts that have to be shared, but you have to stand out to a certain degree and make things unique and make them tailored to who you are and have your personality shine through. Exactly. Um, and, you know, there's just a certain way to do it. I'm not saying it's easy to find that. It could take years to, to find that and kind of perfect what you want to do and your spin on things. But if you look hard enough, you, there's definitely opportunity to do so. Yeah, definitely. And I do think as women in sports that we do need to work a little bit harder. It's not necessarily very easy for us to just kind of get into the field and just be like, Hey, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. We definitely have to be more creative and really work above and beyond to get our foot in the door and to be able to create content for the things that we enjoy. Yeah. There's so, I, there's so many times I walk around press center. Like I said, I will wear my heels with my Jersey or, you know, get dressed up to a certain degree and I'll start talking about sports and I get the weirdest look from people that don't know me. And they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, sir, I probably know more than you do. <laughs> like, don't judge me by the fact that I'm wearing Jessica Simpson white heels right now. <laughs> I feel like that's so true. Is that I also, I love to get dressed up for games. I am not a heel person because I can't walk in them. But I love, like, <laughs> I love makeup and I love doing my hair. and like wearing fake eyelashes. And like, I like, I like doing that no matter what I do. So it's the same when I go to a game and, you know, I'm dressed to the nines or have a full face of makeup on. I think people don't necessarily take you seriously um which is so stupid because nine times out of ten I do know more than the person next to me at one of the last Caps games I went to this season there was a dad and his son they were talking like I go to games by myself all the time because I just I I enjoy it and I like they were talking about something so I just joined the conversation and the guy was like holy shit like you know so much about hockey and I'm like well, yeah, like I cover it full time, but also, um, I don't know why you're so surprised. And I always get like that same reaction of like just pure shock. Yeah. 
I mean, it gets it gets old really quick, um, but it's also kind of fun to surprise people like in the right situation. Yeah, it is fun to be like, haha, this is what I know, and you were wrong. <laughs> but... Like Patrick Kane is not a defenseman, but nice try. <laughs> um, I do love proving people wrong. I think that's a little bit of the jersey in me, though, too. <laughs> like the sass of like, it's the attitude. <laughs> I am right, you are wrong. Um but yeah, I feel like we have obviously there's so much going on in hockey right now and so much to cover. Um, that is mostly all of the time that we have for today. But I want to give you a second to plug yourself, plug your socials, kind of let people know where they can find you. Oh, thank you. So my website is skatingandstilettos.com. It's a forever work in progress. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at skatingandstilettos. And on Twitter, I am in stilettos blog. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting all things hockey with me. I really appreciate it. And for everyone else, until next time, go Caps, baby. Bye, guys. Thanks.